Hello and welcome to the Holy Hour Podcast, the bi-weekly all-cure podcast that is. And uh, hey, Donald and Chaz, welcome back, my friends. Yeah, it's been a minute. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Still kicking in 2020. Uh, barely. Uh, barely, yeah. Yeah. We're into July. We're, we're halfway through. Yeah, we're, we're, we're past that. We're halfway more. through. So, uh... Pretty impressive. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. We hope everyone out there is still kicking too in some form or another. And uh yeah, yeah you guys doing all right though? I'm uh angry and scared. Okay. Which is a fun so the same as the last existing. four months. <laughs> yeah. Right. So every time you have sex? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You have sex? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, keep like... I'm doing great though. Good, good, good. Yeah. Then I have lots of lots of sex, man. Alright. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> With myself. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been so busy with this podcast that uh, I just just out of time. (laughs) I know. In more classy news, we all come together for a very special moment and uh, reason this evening. Uh, we thought we would stick with the uh, tradition of um, obvious topics that we somehow haven't covered yet, which seems to be the unintentional theme of this year's episodes. We're like, we didn't do this already? So, um, yeah. I feel pr- like we did, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> haven't done it. I, I was just kind of going with it. and just like, whatever. Like, I'll talk about it again. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and song features. Specific songs we haven't featured in a while. So, yeah, we've done In Between Days. We've done Just Like Heaven. Letter to Elise. To Elise. So, all, all the other epic Cure songs just about that earn the key of A. But we somehow haven't done the song Boys Don't Cry, so we figure it's time to feature this amazing song and um, and zoom zoom in on it. We talked about when we talked about the album Boys Don't Cry, so that's probably what you're thinking about, because obviously yeah. we covered it in that, and it's come up a lot. <laughs> but otherwise, mm-hmm. we figured we'd, we'd zoom in on this specific song, because it did have a... You know, birthday of a sort last month, and in true holy hour fashion, we didn't quite land exactly on the anniversary of that one. But, yeah. um, and I'm gonna bring that up with HR there, Gab. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess it is the 40th anniversary of the album Boys Don't Cry, too. Jeez, so. oh, PDs. So yeah. now we're, we're, we're kind of relevant. So it's just, yeah. the year, just within the year. So the song Boys Don't Cry, and, uh, you know, it's a huge one. If not, you know, the actual main defining cure song some people might think if you think the cure one song that picks them i don't know if i'd go with this one but it, it's definitely a contender do you think um uh, yeah 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 why probably top three if, yeah. you, if like defining of the band probably a forest and just like heaven are probably right there with them yeah yeah, that's a so. good trio. Like, I can see that because like everyone knows "Boys Don't Cry." Yeah, like it's so old. Like, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, is it like their most defining song? I know this is kind of a finale question, but we'll come back to it at the end. But uh, <laughs> do you think does that make it or it. break it, Donald? Yeah, you still 
Like if you um, were if you were making um, the the Cure's first MySpace page and you had one song to play as you look at their wow. MySpace page, which one would you pick? And I think you know, I'd play. I would play something a little more fucked up, just so people were like, "Huh?" Because this song's just so sweet. Like, yeah. This is just a sweet. But do you think it defines the band in the sense? I would say it's a contender because it is. It covers the pop, but it's still like you know emotional enough. You know, yeah, it kind of. You know, they do have a lot of songs in the same vein that will come later. You know, as far as just like a happy, sad, epic song. You know, it is kind of. And like you said, it came out so early that it was like, it's been there the whole ride, pretty much. You know, so it's a beautiful song, and it does like it does kind of define the cure in a way like yeah. it's like their first first big jam and like and it's a, a great fucking song yeah. and they've been and they've been playing it for 40 years but like defining them by that like yeah well i mean I'm like i because i think there's multiple things to you know like just it shows the fucking longevity and i like i think of that when i hear that song it's like, god damn they've been doing it forever and so like defining them by like one song i don't know because like, yeah. I, I think I would play something wackier and like crazier and like, you know, like something off of faith. But it's like, mm, that's just kind of them during faith, like, yeah. or like something off of kiss me or like. Like freak show? Yeah. Freak show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess defining is not the best word. It would be like a, the most representative song if you had to pick one to represent. Like if they only had one song to play at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which one song? You know, that kind of idea more. It's like, I almost think it has to be just like heaven. Like yeah, and, it's like other. and that's a great song and it's but it's not like my jam. It's yeah. not my favorite. Like you know. Yeah. So it's weird. It's a, it's a yeah. good question. Because like, I would say between those two is like a Cure fan, but then you have like the flip side of so many like kind of not even surface level Cure fans that if you said the Cure to them, they would be like Love Song or Friday I'm in Love even because those are their two yeah. biggest hits, you know? So it's like... Hear on the, I heard them on the radio. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I'm sure there's tons of people out there that'd be like, never heard the Cure, and then you play them Friday I'm in Love, and they're like, oh yeah, that, that band, you know? So yeah. that would be like their defining Cure song, in a sense. I heard that on the Ikea you commercial. Mean 311 song? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> they covered that 311 they song? Covered that <laughs> song, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man but we'll like, come back you, to that question you, at the end maybe that'll be a better but, uh, <laughs> but a good way to look at it and yeah. think about it whilst I guess we another way to be it. is like what song is you know how bands always play like their biggest or most defining song for lack of better terms at the end of like their set you know is the most common way you see it is like oh yeah the last song of the encore is always gonna be the yeah the, the old one and often it is boys don't cry you know so, especially, yeah especially now that it's kind of taken the place of killing an arab a bit more probably just for you know <laughs> silly reasons but you know how that was always kind of the, the final track but it seems like Last few years, I didn't really look at the stats, but I feel like Boys Don't Cry is kind of becoming more and more the last song in the set, you know, as a regular, especially at all those festival shows and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, since the beginning is always a good place to start, do you gentlemen remember your earliest memories of hearing the song Boys Don't Cry? <laughs> did you catch it early in the backtracking of the catalog, or where did it fall? Hmm. Oh, no. I, I remember seeing the video on uh, MTV and VH1, yeah. but I didn't really, I think, hear the full song until I saw The Wedding Singer. 
Okay. So that was like 96, 97, something yeah. like that. Whoa. And I went and I bought the soundtrack just because right. there were so many good songs on that. Yeah. So. And that's how Chaz got into The Cure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you for real, though? Yeah, yeah. Damn. Mm. Okay. I didn't really get into them until like 99. Do you feel like it was a pretty <laughs> early on memory for you, Donald, or... I just merge like, in with all of them. It's really just merged in. Like yeah. it's just something like ever since uh, you gave me like a fucking Cure mixtape, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's literally like the first time I fucking heard like <laughs> any of this shit. Like so, like mid eight, uh, what like sixth grade? Yeah, eighty eight. I think. And it, it was one of those things. Yeah. Like it were did really draw my attention, yeah. You know, because there's so many like, you know, kind of like genres of the Cure within the Cure, yeah. Like that they tackle, and that's like, I don't know, that one just kind of hit because it's like of all the stuff like that you played for me that I never fucking heard, like was kind of punkier, like the Misfits and like, and and I I really like them. I was like, whoa, (laughs) and then. And uh, yeah, and like that, it's probably one of those ones. Was like, could you uh, dub me uh, a <laughs> some credit record? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing, and you're like, mm-hmm. and because uh, yeah. it, it was like a little, a little punkier, like yeah, that's what I like. I was saying earlier, like kind of the only time they kind of sounded like that. Like, yeah, we'll get into that. Well, it's it's strange because it is a very yeah. like representative too of like the pop side of cure but so early and before all that even which is weird but um but yeah i felt like an early memory i had of because i standing on the beach the tape was like basically the actual hook that got me for the cure you know like i've yeah saw like parts of in orange early on with my friend jeff and like heard lots of songs in passing but none of them really stuck except for killing an arrow we thought was kick ass so we like me and my brother both didn't even want to buy standing on the beach like all all as one so we did like halves on it you know like i'll pay half you pay (laughs) half and we we bought the tape and kind of just shared it and um you know, Killing Air was the first song, and then second song is Boys Don't Cry, so it was, yeah. like, the most perfect, like, segue out of that. And that's, you know, totally, f- like, I'm sure for a lot of people that got into The Cure from Standing on the Beach, it was, like, every song was, like, oh, that one's cool. And then you let it go into the next song, it's, like, ooh, that one's really cool. <laughs> it's, like, ooh, that one's <laughs> yeah. cool. But when you think of it in that context, too, like, Boys Don't Cry being, like, am I going to keep listening to the rest of this tape? I don't know. And then it's just, like, how the fuck do you not love that song? You know, it's so perfect. Yeah. It is. But yeah. it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, you're right. Like it does get like, start off with like a really like, like uh, a song that like a young kid, when you were listening to, it, it's like killing an Arab. Like, yeah. And I mean, like, it's just really like, Whoa, that's aggressive. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you haven't read that Kimu yet, you know, yeah, <laughs> like you, you don't know, like the and, fucking, and I didn't have like a deep hatred of Arabs or anything. It was just cause yeah, it was like, badass. I didn't even probably know what an Arab was. At the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the same time. And then, and then it, then it, yeah, then it transition transitions into like, like a really like sweet structured kind of pop song, you know, like, mm-hmm. Which yeah. is kind of like sad, and it's just like, but I'm a, I'm a boy, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I better I don't not cry. cry. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like because just being a boy, it's just like you can't cry. <laughs> totally, you know, like 
we'll go we'll go into that too like yeah. just the well actually it's a good next segue i was of thinking but, of was the lyrics yeah, yeah so fuck yeah yeah because so, yeah, it's, it's like you're not supposed to cry you're a boy be a man it's like but i'm a boy <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's okay to cry when you're a man too assholes like <laughs> it's not mans don't cry it's boys don't cry. <laughs> yeah but it's like it's kind of funny like just shit like that put into like a, a fucking pop structure yeah like that like a little punky pop structure like it's it's a really poignant song and i think it's yeah. uh i mean it's crazy to think know. he wrote those lyrics though i mean like we said we'll kind of break up i guess going into it the structure of the song i think leaning towards the lyrics first is like when you think of like a band's second single or just early in their career you know it's just like yeah. coming up with lyrics. i mean it's just pop lyrics but at the same time it's so much better than just like your average whatever 80s or you know like kind of pop song the, you know the lyrics are just so like not overdone they feel sincere as hell you know it's just right like, they yeah, really just, do i mean it, and it is perfect for like that adolescent you know torture that you're going through and then you right. know listening as an old man now i still feel yeah. like you know it's such a good balance of like regret desperation vulnerability i mean they cover all of it and like just that kind in of, that structure like that format yeah like like absolutely man like that that's that's what really hits me with that song and why i like like that song's been around for a while like 40 years and that song's been in my life and your life and our lives together mm-hmm. for a long fucking time so when i hear it like i think about like our relationship and just like you know i you know transitioning into a man like (laughs) like it really brings up a lot i was like i used to be a little little boy when i listened to this and like yeah you know it's just like i've cried a lot (laughs) (laughs) going back to that idea that's a huge part of it i've I've cried Yeah, yeah like, just in our relationship, you know what I mean? Like shits happen. I'm like, I'm oh, fucking Gavin. I hope he's okay. Likewise, after every episode, song. I cry a little bit. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hope I'm gonna take it up with HR, but <laughs> <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> Oh, when I can't get emotional on the podcast. <laughs> no, I totally agree with that. But yeah, it just brings up it brings up so much, you know, yeah. and like that's what I really love about it. Like a simple at its core, like a really simple song. Mm-hmm. Like it's not crazy. It's yeah. Like verse chorus, verse chorus kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but just perfectly just structured like, and, uh, and sincere. Like that's what I always respect about it. It's just like, God damn, you guys nail a lot with little very yeah. little like yeah like so you cast a a big brush stroke with a little tiny brush yeah. so many bands first albums even if they're a great band it's like they're gonna have some kind of slightly juvenile stupid stuff in there you know and it's just like that's solid you know it's yeah like, Right. I mean, it's not quite faith yet, but it's good, you know, because it is. Yeah. You can't come barreling out with that, you know, but at the same time, it's a, 
I mean, you can. Yeah. But and, uh, yeah, a lot it of just makes it way now, more like, But what? I almost feel like it's not as sincere for like a you know current band or somebody. And when they do come out now with the, like this super emotional, like heavy first album, you're like, well, who the fuck are you? What? You're just like some kids. <laughs> it's like, you know, right. you almost have to earn that kind of despair. And, you know, like, oh, to go, like if to go that wild. Yeah. Or even if Disintegration had been their first album <laughs> or something, it would just be like, you can't just come out with that. Like, nobody would buy yeah, it. Yeah, you can. No. Uh, you have to you have to like character development you have to feel sorry for robert over all these years and see his ups and downs and you know like, by the time disintegration came you believed it because it was like i don't know this dude probably has been through some shit man. It's like, like he's been him? singing about it for years yeah, yeah. <laughs> gavin wants to restrict the or suppress the emotions of other people yeah. until until they qualify in his eyes I do, yeah. <laughs> I do feel I'm becoming like such a snotty old man for like a kid band or something. Like, what are they saying? What? Why should I believe anything a 19 year old has to say? <laughs> you know, but like Robert was like probably like 20 when he said. When you do look up the like the lyrics, and, you know <laughs> meanings and what people have written about this song. A huge part of it, of course, is like the the English side of it too, and you know, like from 1979 in particular, you know, oh. just that age and like everything you yeah. hear about English culture, how it's even more so of like yeah. a man's not supposed to express his emotions as much, or you know, I don't know if it's changed a lot since then, or you know, I feel I'm like sure American it cultures, it's it, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's. And, you know, like you're saying, I feel like it's been that way in American culture, too, but maybe not to the degree, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, maybe the way they, they have that, but... Um, I I think that we're we're more of the man-up kind of culture. Yeah. Where it's, uh, I guess, as you become an adult, you're supposed to be, quote-unquote, a man, but, like, as a child, and... Because, like, I, I... When I looked up uh, Boys Don't Cry, it uh-huh. came up in... It came up in my... I was looking through YouTube, and there was a video of a Indian uh, company um, or PSA or something where they kept using the phrase, Boys Don't Cry, Boys Don't Cry, uh, and, like, it went through the life of this boy when he wasn't supposed to show emotion, and at mm-hmm. the end... He like beat the shit out of his girlfriend or wife, and like right. the and it's like the the woman's the one crying and said before you, you know, let's start thinking about the boys in this situation. Like like we got to remove that type of suppressing your emotions at a very young age. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, so it was like if you start doing that, wow. the, this sort of stuff won't happen, which is. Which is true. I mean, I don't know how you guys yeah. grew up, but I, I definitely grew up in that type of environment where you're supposed to uh, keep your emotions under wrap and mm-hmm. supposed to suck it up, you know, that that sort of thing. And then, yeah, yeah, man. Definitely. And it's, you know, yeah, it, and it's yeah. it was kind of like what you're saying. It's more of a tough thing, probably, with yeah. American culture, like, you know, as opposed to just not showing any emotions or vulnerability or anything. It's more of like, because, yeah, you see, like, at sporting events, if they lose the Super Bowl and someone's crying, nobody's like, what it was or anything. Yeah. You know, like, when it's something it's sports. like that. It's, yeah, it's when so, they can cry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's okay. I cried when Eagles won the Super Bowl. I'm not going to Yeah, gonna, yeah, I'm yeah. Because you were should be crying all everywhere, all over. Oh, I you cry know, all the time, so it's all good. Yeah, I was going to ask you yeah. guys, would you consider yeah. yourselves criers? Oh, big time. Yo, <laughs> you're talking to the fucking king of fucking crying. I cry it like... Pretty shit, 
cute shit, yeah. happy shit. I can look at my dog and like, God, oh, she's yeah. getting older, yep. yeah. and just like yep. I don't cry at everything. It's something sweet, like, like I cry all the fucking time. Like, yeah, like I'm mad emotional, and like, <laughs> I was always, and like growing up, I was just always kind of like wild and like and emotional, and just like people are like, I oh, need to fucking calm down, and like, like. I'm like, no, I'm just Brit. And, like, I'm upset. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just like, get upset and just like overly emotional about things. And like, and as an adult, and like, really, like, it just being told, like, oh, I need to stop. And it's like, how, how? Yeah. Like, fucking how? How do you expect me to, like, control my fucking brain there, buds? Like, yeah. And just like, as an adult, it's like, I've learned how to, like, you know, like manage life and shit like that and it's like I still fucking cry all the time and it's like, <laughs> like yeah like, I mean like I I think I cried today I don't even remember what I was fucking crying about <laughs> I fucking cried it's good man I think I was no I think like one of my friends is like going through like a bunch of bullshit and I was just like already feeling kind of like emotional because we're yeah. going through a fucking pandemic and I've just been raw you know and like yeah. and I was just like thinking about it I was just like oh god damn poor thing like meh. And just like welled up a bit, it's like eh, that would be terrible. Yeah. Imagine that happened to me, like, or just like any, like, but just thinking about it, and it's like welled up. Yeah, yeah. But so I well up, I well up <laughs> all the fucking time. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I was, I've hit like a weird wall where I used to like movies and anything, you know, like movies have gotten weird where. Like it's been more like kid related and stuff now. Or if I think of anything like kid related, I start to just tear up. And, you know what I mean? I just thinking about his yeah. future and stuff like that. You know, as opposed to like yeah. relationship doesn't doesn't really. I used to watch like a sad He's movie. So and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like now like three. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But, uh, I used to, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've gotten a little bit cold in my heart for, like, movies and stuff. I'm like, ah, I feel like, get over it. It's a breakup. Who cares? You know, like, <laughs> but if it's yeah. something like Boyhood or something, it'll just destroy me before the, you know, titles yeah. are even off. But, um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing, especially get a few drinks of me and I'll start sobbing about, like, The Cure even. I'm like, they're just so fucking great, man. <laughs> We've had many a drives home. I think that was kind of the whole catalyst for this whole podcast was my wife was like, you need to just get this out somewhere else because it's just like put on the gear driving home from a friend. I'm like, I fucking love this band so much. <laughs> so it's good. I, I feel like I'm crying less, but at more appropriate times, you know, and stuff. I, what is, um, there's that song, uh, Outdoor Minor. Mm-hmm. I, I forget if it's like Wire. Yeah, 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 Wire. But for some reason, when I hear that song, I just can't not fucking cry, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, the lyrics like, are kind of like out there. It's like no right. black spots in Leopard's eyes. It's like, but they're covered in spots, <laughs> oh, but God. not their eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> like, <Wow. laughs> like I have no idea why. I mean, it's like that's why I like that song a lot because it's just like, man. I'm yeah. <laughs> is that your all-time number one cry song? I guess that's a good. Side it, I topic. think it is, man. Yeah. It just like I, I. How about you, Chesdy? Uh, yeah, like I. I have a list of movies. Chumba Wumba. Yeah, yeah, big time. 
I don't know, <laughs> off the top of my head that I could say that I, that make me cry. But like, yeah. uh, same like same thing with uh, music. But like, like I said before, like emotions weren't a big thing of me growing up. So like, it forced itself into like huge outbursts, and mm-hmm. like instead right. of being able to control. And like now as an adult, I'm slowly learning like through therapy and yeah. stuff like that of like how to process this stuff. And mm. it's it does a lot of damage. Like you don't really think about it. And then, you know, right. and as being a parent now, you're just kind of like, like, I don't know, I'm sure you're the same way, Gavin. It's like it's mm. it's OK to show your emotions like to your yeah. kids. Like, like if you're upset, if you want to cry, like there's got to be like, let's talk about the reason and you get yeah. it out and we'll. You know, we'll totally. move on from there. And, like, it's totally cool. And, like, I've cried in front of my kids. And, like, I think it's important that they see that. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important they see their mom if she's frustrated that, you know, that they, that emotions are good. And, you know, not to get, too, he- not to get too heavy on everything, but, like, no. there's definitely a, a, you know, a toxic masculinity issue in, in this country. Yeah. And, you know, I we had to figure out ways to handle it, you know. Right. And first thing is to deal with your emotions. And I love this. Yeah. I love this song, how it, you know, it tackles that issue in a sarcastic, yeah, you know, snarky kind but of way. Hey, boys don't cry. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, you know, that's one of the reasons why I still I still love the song. And I think it's yeah, definitely one of those songs that like we were talking about on their for their you know iconic look or sound or whatever i think it's like a perfect mix of that you know anti-toxic masculinity and uh you know then they had that yeah like that's what i see this band as being where you could be a, a dude and like dress up like Robert Smith or whoever you wanted right. to be and or like makeup yeah. Yeah. and lipstick cool, you know? yeah. yeah fuck yeah yeah so writing sweet songs yeah <laughs> writing love songs yeah but like I have I getting back to the music part right. I, I have certain albums that I go to when I'm feeling certain emotions and you know I, I always go to Julian Baker whenever mm-hmm. I'm I need like I, I'm just like fuck I need to cry and I need to yeah. like just get all this out and I'll just go right to her and listen to the two albums that I have of hers and just go off. But like when my father died, all I listened to was Matthew star yeah. and you know, just like, so, it, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like connected yeah. to different music where I can right. feed my emotions into what's going on. And the music right. is a great outlet and movies are also another way to do that. Yeah. Like uh fucking feel the dreams is like, <laughs> Yeah. The one that kicks me in the nuts every fucking time. And my kids know when it's on that I'm going to be crying and, like, they'll yeah. just wait. <laughs> they'll yeah. just sit there and, like, stare at me and, like, Here wait, comes. wait, wait, Here wait. Comes. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, that's about to cry. So They're yeah. making bets yeah. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, how far in until he breaks up? <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, like, Stand By Me does that, too, That uh, the movie Stand By Me. Yeah. And, yeah. So just the, the thought of, like, lost youth and, yeah. you know, how it, right. you know, it's just like, it's like, yeah, wow, this is heavy. So, yeah. but, yeah, I think it takes time. And, like, Donald, yeah, it sounds sound like you grew up in, like, a environment mm-hmm. where it was cool to... 
everyone yelled. Yeah, show your emotion. <laughs> it's and like, like thanks. Act, be fucking crazy, and you know everything like that. You know, so it's yeah. uh, no. it's uh, and it's just if someone said like, like, hey, it's okay for boys to cry. Yeah. It's okay for yeah, like my life would have be completely different. Like being like a forty-something-year-old dude, like, like, like anger issues. Oh, God yeah. damn it! Like, yeah. thanks, Dad. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> fuck, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like it really fucked up like a whole big chunk of my life. Just like, I'm angry and like, I'm going <laughs> to spaz out because I wasn't like, it wasn't cool to just like ah, fucking relax and be myself as, as yeah. a person growing up. It's like, thanks, guys. Yeah. Like, not, thanks, mom and dad. Not, Appreciate it. Not being able to regulate your emotions and handle that stuff turns into violence to others. If not onto yourself and you know, there's Yeah, exactly. There's there's a lot that's tackled in this song that you don't even think exactly. of until you actually sit down and, and look at the lyrics and understand like how it reflects um, you know the the mass you just get the broken ma- up with or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah, it's cool, cry. man. Just yeah. And like you have bands you like Suck it up. You know, the, the Smiths, even though they're not my favorite band, you know, and other bands like that around that time, to say that it was, it was, it's okay to be depressed and it's okay to, you know, feel sad and, you know, it's okay to fucking cry and, you know, it's cool yeah. to be like this, you know, just, but yeah. instead of like past music where it's, you know, you don't deal with that stuff. So. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you guys feel like maybe it's just me trying to be optimistic like a lot of things culturally, but um, the idea, do you think maybe we're kind of the last generation that has that where we kind of grew up around that, but we broke away from it? I feel like we're closely enough in the same age where I feel like a lot of you know, generations after us might not have that pressure as much, which is great, you know, but maybe I'm just being up to, I'm sure, you know, isolated cases, of course. I hope it's all, not. Yeah. But yeah, like, I feel I like it is something better. that has hopefully changed a lot since our parents, you know, cause I feel like yeah. our parents definitely had it real bad, you know, like where they, mm-hmm. just, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so hopefully yeah. that is something that's, Yo, that's breaking hard from that. <laughs> and it's so, like, again, thanks mom and dad. Like, <laughs> like we're good parents. Yeah. and like, what? What? Like, yeah. no, you. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You're really bad. <laughs> you're really fucking bad about shit. Like, hmm. and, uh, but yeah, like, I feel like, you know, seeing, like, kids of my friends in there, like, getting, like, 10, 12, like, 13, like, and they're, they're fucking allowed to feel their emotions. And it's like, wow. Like, and the, and the kids are great. Yeah. The kids are fucking great, and it's like that easy fucking step. Like, you know, like I'm like, God, oh, this kid's gonna, you know, like just growing up with other kids that were like us. Like, mm-hmm. I just, you know, kids are fucking wild because they're like, I don't understand things, and you're making things worse, and they just like, I don't know, just grew up around a bunch of dickheads. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I really should rethink that. Like, it's not their fault. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was because I was like a real emotional kid, like, yeah. and I was kind of like fucked with all the fucking time, like, because of it. And I'm just like, but I don't know, like, how to handle things because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can uh, yell at you or I could just shut up, like, I don't know, <laughs> I know two things, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I like, uh, go ahead, yes. You're, 
Nah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I see. A, like this is June, so I don't know when this is coming out. But still, like mm-hmm. I see all these younger people like on the street and and calling for justice and the end of injustice, and yes. they're doing that because they have empathy. And right. there's there was something about empathy that wasn't taught, you know, at our, our age, you know, or when right, we were kids, dude. you know, and yes. it's it slowly grown over the years to where the point where I have more, um, I don't know, hope for yeah, this dude. world, uh, especially seeing this, you know, the people that are like storming capitals and yelling without masks on and, 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 you know, doing these anti protests till black, black eyes matter and everything. They're angry. <laughs> they're angry fucking people. Yeah. And right. Their, their anger is not righteous and they're angry because they never realized how, to, how to handle their emotions and in the calmly look at situations and it's all reactive, and none of it is self-reflective. No, Chaz, <laughs> nailed it. And, fucking nailed it. And I, and I was, Absolutely. I was in therapy the other day with my with my wife and my therapist, and we were talking, and she said, "This is the, this is one of the first generations, or this is the first generation that she's ever seen where people that where." People are actively trying to change the cycles they grew up in, and they're yeah. trying to change. They're trying to reach back in time and try yeah. to pick out all that shit that was that was grown. You know like, that, that's fucked up. That they were forced like, let's to be learn. Angry about this. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I was like I said before, I was raised in anger, but I was also raised to suppress my emotions. You know, and yeah. totally, I could have easily fell into that cycle. You know. And yeah. it's uh, it took an act, you know, activity from my wife because she had a shitty childhood and um, and me to say that we don't want this and like we don't want this for our kids and we don't want yeah. the you know and yeah, yeah. it's it's, like, it's amazingly hopeful okay. you know my son pushing me to go to the Black Lives Matter protest and he's only 10, 11 now and he yeah, like he's yeah. he's like let's go do this and I'm like. I've really bad. I really fucking bad anxiety right now. I don't, you know, <laughs> want to go. But he's like, no, we're going. And I'm just like, okay. So like, and then we go up there, and it's just a ton of young people, you know. Yeah, and I'm just like, this dope, is man. fucking awesome. Like, I wish this was like this when I was younger. But like, right? You know, you still have meatheads. But I mean, we're. I right. think as a total culture, I think we're doing a good job. Optimistically, yeah. good job, and I'm not the most optimistic person, but I, I think, <laughs> and like, like Gavin, I see you, and I see a ton of my other friends that are fathers just doing like an amazing job that don't do that, you know, we don't show our emotions kind of bullshit, yeah. and it's uh, it's really empowering, and I'm glad that yeah. I have those examples in my life just because I didn't have them growing up. Uh, yeah. so yeah. yeah, it's really empowering to see that. So mm. yeah, it, likewise, it's fucking, <laughs> yeah, dude, like I don't have kids, but, but you know, I have to like hang out with like people's kids <laughs> and like, and I'm so like, like I was saying, I'm just like, fuck yeah. Like 
<laughs> we I got really heavy on this topic. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> get it from here. We'll, we'll wrap up the lyric segment by saying there is a cool um, podcast out there called Soul Music, and they do like one song features where it's kind of people just telling their stories relating to songs. And yeah. um, there's an episode on uh, Boys Don't Cry, and Lowell's actually on there, and he talks a lot about this and just the oh, wow. you know, idea of English culture and stuff. And then, but just in summary, he says the great thing about those lyrics is that the whole song is about crying and it's backwards, basically, because you look yeah. at it and it's supposed to be Boys Don't Cry, you know, and it's like that's the beauty of it. It's like all it is is like just a song about boys crying. <laughs> you know? It's like being able to cry, you know, it's like, and, and, I'm and not Robert crying, had some you're quotes. crying kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And just the idea of like, you know, Robert really latching on early on that if he wasn't going to put his emotions into this, he's like, it's going to be impossible to write songs if I'm not going to talk about being vulnerable and showing emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so, absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, shifting gears musically, uh, you know, like you said, it's a pretty straightforward pop song, really. Um, and there's yeah. not really too much inside scoop i guess on the the process of writing the song and the production of it um i guess before we dive into the cure's angle of it uh rick james and neil young had a band and uh which is weird what? in itself yeah <laughs> just the uh, somehow this all slipped past me somebody like posted it on a facebook page like ages ago and i kind of just made note of it and saved it and didn't even listen to it and then I went back and listened to it, but there's this band, Minor Bird. It's a song called It's My Turn, and it's very similar structurally to, to Boys Don't Cry. You know, I'm always like, <laughs> whatever, you know, everybody's inspired by something. You know, they don't own the chords. It's, you know, using the term ripoff would be stupid, but it was just like, whoa, just because it is such like a defining cure song and like, you know, the... Like a giant pedestal that I put the lift. cure on, yeah, and it's basically yes, that yeah. it's the chord progression. It does the dun 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 dun. You know, and it's yeah. Um, you know, other than that, it kind of just goes into like a very you know like '60s kind of cool you know jangly kind of yeah. Darling, with a love that was so strong and so fine Nothing in this whole wide world could ever make me change my mind Yeah, Rick James and Neil Young, and I know that he's a Neil Young fan, so it's definitely something that's in the mix, probably, but... uh pretty cool if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet we'll insert i love a clip rick james here, but yeah i love <laughs> rick james and on that soul music podcast thing lowell actually took credit for the descending kind of hits on the dun 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 like he said like you know they were just playing from what he could remember of writing the song that had like the little way to turn it around and loop back into the chords again by just yeah. hitting the you know chin 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 chins and you know, it's such a crucial part of that song, though. So it is kind of yeah. funny just to think that the Cure, you know, my godlike icons, you know, have like, oh, what? Yes. <laughs> he was actually inspired by people, you know. So, so pretty interesting. I think it's just coincidence. So there's a lot. There's so much of that with music. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. You're gonna trip. You're gonna pick two songs. You're gonna be able to break it down to where it's. Pretty similar. I mean, I mean, it's gonna happen every once in a while. I don't think they direct, yeah. directly ripped them off. So, yeah, but yeah, I'm sure it wasn't yeah. intentional anyway. It would be a subconscious kind of, you know, the yeah. way any musicians I, like listening to something at that time and probably did it. You know, it's a, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like the same thing as like comedians, like where they kind of like what's the deal with airplane food? Right, <laughs> and it's just like everyone's oh, flying, but it's like it's in the zeitgeist and just like like everyone's brains are spinning and no one's you know like I I wrote this joke in my bedroom. It's like I, like I did it once at an open mic or whatever, and it's like you know there's someone else that wrote the joke in the bedroom yeah. and then did it on stage, like in a complete completely another uh, d- like a different city or whatever like yeah it's like you can't fault people like yeah yeah lyrically it's almost more you know just because if you know words start overlapping where it's the same thing it's more suspicious yeah. you know yeah. but like musically it's yeah like, it's just, you know it's not like he's playing crazy chords on that song or anything it just goes up you know and it's like oh yeah so yeah but there, there's definitely like Rip off examples like where it's like, ooh, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's that's, like, come on. That's there. why I love rap and hip hop. They'll just fucking just steal shit and just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> put their own thing to it. Yo, they're like, yep, this is the next great song. I'm like, yep, that's uh, awesome. I, I don't, I don't think like a bang, 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 bang is like, you know, yeah, I'm not like, gonna ruin their career in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like, no, it's man, like wait a like, minute, we're taking back your. Uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, like the, <laughs> yeah, like those other dudes probably stole that shit from something yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. Like, so. like it's a fucking chord progression. Like, uh, so uh, moving on from that, then the, I guess the, focusing on the interesting hindsight element of like the song, um, like we kind of touched on earlier, we were, like just coming straight out of the gates with how different Three Imaginary Boys was as an album. And even this song, you know, like is more poppy yeah. cure that we would kind of yeah. see later more than, you know, it was almost like a premonition of cure to come, you know, in a sense, totally. it was oh, yeah, like totally, this yeah. weird little pop gem. And then like the rest of it doesn't sound anything like that, you know, and it's, yeah. it, and it's very odd in the sense too, when you really look at the timeline it was funny because they had that song for so long, like they had boys don't cry, like he said it was on the original four song demo they sent to Chris Perry and stuff. So like when you look at the timeline, it's like killing an Arab came out as a standalone single in December 78. Then they recorded three imaginary boys and boys don't cry. Wasn't on it. Like they just didn't even record it uh, for that. And then they put out boys don't cry like a month later as a standalone single. So I wonder if those two, I I was going to ask you what your opinion is. Do you know if like, they knew it was going to be a single and they were just going to record it later in like a joy division later with the Smiths kind of way where, you know, it wasn't uncommon for bands just to keep songs separate as singles. Um, or did you think it was right. too poppy for three imaginary boys and they kind of left it off because of that? Cause they knew it wouldn't really fit in with the rest of the kind of post punky vibe of three imaginary boys, but it's kind of weird. Like you have a song like boys don't cry and you don't include it on your first album. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a situation where like, um, yeah, it was a poppy song and like everything was so edgy then like songs, bands, like politics, like punks and, um, like a big message in a poppy format. And they, you know, I think they kind of held it back like because of that. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a beautiful song. It's great. Do you think they had it in mind as like a single? Is like a it'll do better as like a standalone yeah. single. Which right, and just like, yeah, like not put it on it and like yeah. wait, wait for it. Like, I mean, they named the fucking record after it. 
Well, later, after they did the American. <laughs> right. So. You know what I mean? It's like, because they, they really held on to it. And yeah. I think like, it just didn't fit in and like, and, and possibly, it's like, do we want to go this direction? Yeah. Because they all it is loved like, it, too. There's quotes of saying that when they put it out as a single, finally, they were like, like heartbroken him and Chris Bear, like, how is this not a hit? You know, it didn't even chart. It was like, just not even acknowledged. So it was like, it's not like they thought it was like, whatever, it's a silly pop song that nobody will like. It was definitely like, they but like direction knew what it was, you know, but cause yeah, if you, I guess if you had that as like the first song on three imaginary boys, it would have been like, what? And then you're going into like fucking, yeah, <laughs> You know, not literally, but like meat hook and shit, you know, it's like, okay, you can't really have this. What do you think, Chaz? Is it kind of? I think the goal was just to keep it as a single. Um, And then you had what was going on. What was like 80, what, 80, 1980, right? 80 for Boys Don't Cry when they put it yeah. out. Yeah, it's like the revised version because they didn't have a label in the U.S. So they yeah. Like, well, if we put the singles and the best parts of Three Measure Boys together as an album, somebody can put that out in the U.S. Uh, yeah, so my my guess is that they, like Donald, Donald did say that like things were rough, you know, music-wise, and yeah. a lo- like the pop stuff really wasn't doing that well. But if you look at what was going you know, you have the cars and stuff like that. Right. going on and you know the Ramones were poppier when it came to punk Fuck and it. I, I think that reflected in them putting it on the new uh, the new album and changing a name to it and throwing it on there because it probably yeah. would have done better in the United States and than it does in Britain so yeah I, I think originally it just was a single and then they were like well we gotta do something about this album because it's not gonna sell overseas if we just release it like this yeah so yeah, yeah, it's just odd. Totally. It's weird yeah. that there isn't more like written talk about you know discussing that you know because it is such like the the one song that like really stands out from that era too you know it's like wow, yeah okay it's great you brought Very up the cars odd. though that makes sense like I see what you're saying yeah. like it's like it uh, it's like with bands are like you know starting to get big and they're like young and they're like do we like during that time it's like do we stay punk do we go new wave like right it's like. Yeah. Ha- you know, it's like, how do we write a, write a fucking pop hit? And it's almost like their first, like, s- swing, and they really hit it out of the park of, like, what's a pop song like? What's the Cure's version of a pop song right. sound like? And, like... Especially because they're so new and young, yeah, because then they yeah. would have been, like, have to live up to that with every song, and, you know, that exactly. would have been the Cure that they had to do. And, Absolutely. Uh, and there's probably a lot of that for like the idea of why nobody really embraced it too, radio wise or whatever, just because they were like these little fucking kids, you know, like it was like yeah. a young band that hadn't been established, you know, and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, of course it's probably not going to like crack in the, the charts, you know, right out of the gates, yeah. you know. So. Totally, man. Like, weren't these guys singing Killing an Arab like three months <laughs> earlier? <laughs> it's so like, edgy. This song's yeah, so edgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Awesome. Mm. So maybe we should move on to the release then, um, when it finally did come out, um, which was yeah. weird in itself too, because it was like a month after the album. So like, you put your album out in May, um, and then in June you put out another single. It's pretty cool and weird. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. Um, so yeah, like I said, like like most classic Cure songs 
totally didn't get acknowledged and uh, would become their bigger sleeper hit, I guess, because it was becoming a, such a pivotal song in The Cure, but uh, at the time, nothing. So, yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. weird. Um, I mean, I mean, even if you think about it on the Boys Don't Cry album, it still didn't really explode like yeah, until would, it was released later, but it, it wasn't the pop hit that they were hoping, I'm sure, if that's what they yeah. were going for, even when they re-released it. So, yeah. Think about like the time from when they wrote Boys Don't Cry to when there was like the next poppy song. Yeah. Like, what that's the what fuck I mean. is it's, that? Like, it's a giant gap because it almost doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel at home until like probably like head on the door, really. I would yeah. say. Even if, and it's like, weird if you even, I didn't do a deep dive into like set list or anything, but it I'm did right disappear <laughs> like during through like the dark era, you know? There wasn't. They never. They didn't even play it on a lot of those sets. You know, it was like, yeah. How the fuck could you even end? I, like I a have faith to her. Uh-huh. Really play I, pornography in full and then play Boys Don't Cry. <laughs> I, like, I have the set the set list numbers right here. Yes. So yeah. let's see. 80, Chaz pulling up the facts. Boop beep, boop yeah. boop 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 boop. Ni- nice. Nineteen eighty. They played it fifty eight times live, but then nineteen eighty one. They played it thirty five. And then you okay. go to 82, and I don't think I see it. Yeah, that's the yeah. Like You don't play pornography and then yeah. play Boys Don't Cry. In 84, they played it 23 times on that top tour, I guess. And then yeah. it became real popular in, let's see, uh, 85. Contact tracer. They played it 59 Jazz. times. <laughs> and then 87, 87, they played it 71 times. So as it's as they're going through the years, it's getting played more and more. Yeah. So Yeah. Makes total totally. sense. Because, yeah, it didn't feel it's so odd. But, uh, yeah, because then once you start getting closer to, like, standing on a yeah. beach Fake stuff, news. Yeah, makes sense. Fake <laughs> news. <laughs> the numbers, numbers don't lie, man. Me. <laughs> you can't play pornography and still have boys don't cry in your set. It's just impossible. <laughs> Wear a mask. <laughs> um, so it did get its second... Life um, in 1986, as we're talking about, with not only um, a rebirth on the the compilation, standing on a beach and staring at the sea, but uh, an actual single, new voice and new mix. Yeah, it was put out, remixed and re-recorded the voice um, for for mainly uh, just for the comp, which is odd though in itself too, because they didn't swap out the song on standing on a beach. They didn't use the new vic, new voice mix on that one. They did it for the video. Yeah. So it was like the video was the only one that had like that version. And then they put it out as a single for it. And um, yeah, there's some weird just <laughs> nerd stuff with that where it's like there's the short version of it, which is rad. But that's like not on anything currently. It's like hard to find. Even on YouTube, there's like one super shitty quality vi- version oh of like the actual two minute version of like, it's just boys don't cry where he re-sang it. Right. Um, and it's remixed, but then there's the dance version. That's like on everything. <laughs> there's like the club yeah. mix. <laughs> and that's the one that actually got re-released just recently on the mixed up deluxe one. It's on that. Yeah. 
So that you know, so like that one you you have, but I don't even have like a good quality because I like it with the new voice. I think it sounds rad, but like I don't have a good. I think I had it on a tape ages ago, and I have some like old Napster era shitty MP3 of it. I think, but um, yeah. Do you can you think of anything you have it on like digitally, Chess? Digitally, I don't think so. But I have, uh, Man, yeah, I could get the record and and I have a USB, uh, like a little converter thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chaz yeah, has a, a good copy chance. of that I would love from a good Finland, call. Belgium, <laughs> yeah, fucking sure Germany, <laughs> fucking Thanks. England, the fucking like a weird U.S. like I want one of each print, fucking <laughs> like. Seven every inch. European country, <laughs> I want the different MP3 strips of the vinyl. <laughs> of course, like, jazz has. <laughs> but it was weird too, in that sense of the single. I don't think in the U.S. From what I gathered, there are like 45s floating around out there, but they but they didn't really put it out as like a single the way they did in the UK for Standing on the Beach. I think. Um, they were like, fuck that. We're going to use Let's Go to Bed in the U.S. <laughs> but there is like a f- weird 45 that I have in my jukebox, actually, where it's like A side is Boys Don't Cry, B side is Let's Go to Bed. That's wild. So, yeah, it's very, very strange. And then they re released it as a full single, I guess, in the U.K. and elsewhere. <laughs> so. Well, I remember the tip-off as a kid was because we all bought the big poster with the iconic image and everything, yeah, that's right? The best. And it says on it. It says "Boys Don't Cry" new voice on it. And I was like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Like, and it never. And then even like when the video finally came, out, when the video, when I saw the video, it was like he had big hair in it yeah. and stuff. And I was, I was ma- like making the connection. I was like, "This isn't the old version." Like, what the hell? And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And later realizing they just re-recorded the vocals, the, yeah, the vocals because they felt his voice had matured so much since then. You know, and it was like. Which I right. guess makes sense, but it was only like what seven years or something. But why put like <laughs> it wasn't even that long? New seven inch. Well, I think it, a lot of it has to do with the idea that it didn't chart the first time, and it's such a great pop it's song. Like, we're gonna it's make like, it this chart. Be a fucking hit, yeah. Like, how could this not be a hit? Just you know, pumping, <laughs> like, hey, we redid the vocals. So imagine doing that now. You know, it's yeah. like, but, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like that would really hit. Like, it's hey, weird, we like makes- we recorded this song okay. We're going to do it. Like, I wish I could think of examples. <laughs> I don't know if there are yeah. any examples. People re-record yeah. songs all the time, but usually they re-record the whole thing. It's a little weird that they just kind of remix the backing band and then and then he just did the vocals over it. So it was still... Because it's still a little, like, punkier. You know, they ended up with the new mix making it sound more poppier. Yeah. It's like a little funner than they normally play it live, you know? But but that's always the weird thing about this song is like the production and stuff is still like it, you know, it never quite nails what a great song it is. Like, yeah, if they had recorded it now, it would sound like an overproduced kind of like in between days or just like heaven type thing, you know, or it would have more strings in it and stuff like that, you know? But uh, it's like, let something be a fucking time capsule you know like that's what it was like, for the most no. part. it's like I dig like a legit <laughs> they, they didn't totally special edition George Lucas it or anything right it's like I, I legit like I, I, I dig like just like like a, a real remix kind of like hey we're gonna take this song that you love and like really fucking play with it but it was just like yeah. we're gonna go in and like mix the bass down a little bit cause it was a little loud when the first time you did it back in the fucking 70s yeah. Like go, going back and doing shit like that is like, 
yeah, I don't know, like, but, <laughs> like redoing it, not just like, I'm not talking about like remastering or remixing, because like sometimes that shit's, yeah, yeah. sounds kind of good, you know, you need to hear like way more details and stuff, but just like, I'm going to do it better than I did before. It ruins the time capsule aspect of it for me a little bit, like. And now it's like, I don't even know what I'm fucking listening to, you know? (laughs) So they didn't ruin it, though. I bet if we played both of them side by side, it would be hard for you to... I probably probably would know. Like, it's so fucking confusing. It's not not super drastic. And that is kind of a funny detail because of the new voice. When we listen to it now, even, he he sounds so young on the new one, even, that it's like, you know what I mean? I feel like they're... There's the obvious kind of like punkier voice when he was a kid, but at the same time, it's like he still sounds so young, even in the one that they redid. That oh, it sincere! Really sound like if he did it sincere, now, like a good know? fucking song that never got recorded again. You can't knock the new mix version, Donald. I'm not letting you because you don't. You're saying yourself you don't remember even hearing the songs. Like so I've been, I've been trying to find. <laughs> like once you threw me the topic of what we recorded, I've been trying to find. Okay. Like. How I can bad boy this <laughs> fucking guy? Like, yeah, how can I can bad boy boys don't cry because it's like such a great, perfect, fun fucking song, and it like makes me think about a million things, and it's like it's just great. I fucking love the song. Like, so you're just leeching onto this new mix thing. This is gonna be your uh, window to bad boy it up. And yeah, bash you just kind of open it up because I'm thinking about just like like that ruins the nostalgia yeah. for me, and but even. I'm yeah. so old that that <laughs> like the new vocal thing has been in my life for fucking ever. Nineteen eighty six. God damn it! I'm gonna find something. I'm gonna find guess something what? in this song to shit on. God damn it. And, it! and it still didn't work. It didn't chart again in the U.S., but it did make it to number twenty-two on the U.K. chart, second time around. So it was a little better. And for whatever the fuck reason, the new mix single had "Pillbox Tales" and "Do the Hanzas" B sides too, which. We're cool because they had gems, never been released until that point. Those songs are so good. <laughs> yeah, but, oh. but if this is their grasp for like a big single hit, like why would yeah. you put those as the fucking bassides? It's such a weird choice. Like, <laughs> you have like so many other sleeper hits at that point that I they could have just put like whatever the fuck, even Exploding Boy or something would have been. Or, or wait, was that out uh, yet? Yeah, 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 that was upset. <laughs> So yeah, that would have been great. But um, that'd oh, be well. some like label shit, and they're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, why would you make that decision? I almost feel like it's like one of those like rosebud kind of things. <laughs> like, you know, we're like rosebud. He'd like on his grave, he'd be like, "Boys, don't cry!" Like, <laughs> God damn it! Like, it never caught on. Like, why? That's probably like, why he just got pissed and wrote "Just Like Heaven" like, <laughs> out of spite. In between days was even. That's I love that they all are in the key of A. Like in between days, uh, just like heaven pictures of you, letter to Elise. They're all in A and like yeah. the same kind of like mega awesome cure pop song vibe. You know, it's like yeah. instead of a new album, we're just cool. gonna get a new remix version of Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, you know, why not? <laughs> we did talk about, even in the merch episode there, the trial portion of how they don't use the iconic imagery from that enough, you know, going into like right. the idea of the video and the photos and how this became, from that point on, such an iconic, cure image of that single cover. They really Absolutely. could use it more, you know, that could be like the cure defining 
thing. I mean, it, we all have that fucking t-shirt and the poster. It's kind of overkill when it comes to t-shirts and posters. But other than that, you know, they really don't use it in like any kind of retro yeah. way or anything. You know, so it's a uh, it would so cool, slap right but, um, now. It would so kill. Yeah, right. but um, but yeah, number that video is rad. Just to do a little little thoughts on that. Um, I think it's it's such a cool, simple, you know, Tim Pope. It is like he was just yeah. on fire at that point, like making these fucking cool cure videos. I remember absolutely seeing that as like my first official cure video, probably, which was great because it further added to the mystery. You know, I think I probably had one of the books at that point, but I hadn't really seen him perform like in a clip or anything other than maybe some in orange clips. But, um, so it was cool. He's still the shadow and shit, but I saw it up at like my grandparents in New Jersey because we didn't have MTV yeah. and they did. You know, <laughs> we're like, holy shit. It was just like made my whole summer. You know, it was like, that's the coolest fucking video ever. And like, yes. Yeah. Then looking at it in hindsight, it's so like, it's just like 90% like one camera angle of those kids straight on with the shadows behind them. Yeah. You know, and like, it's so like straightforward and simple. And then when they cut to that close up, it's like super epic on the bridge. You know? <gasps> Yeah, and he it's like in a monster movie where they show like the monster like once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, like Jaws oh, when he finally comes out of the water. You're like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> now he's got yeah. red eyes. What? It's like, it, like kind of oh like a demon God. look kind of thing to it. I, th- I thought it was pretty yeah. rad. Like, I noticed they had the fat kid playing drums in the video. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say the, the the kid on drums was the only kind of schlep there. He was like not really doing uh, the other kids. Hey, but <laughs> like that guy got like, to be in a fucking cure video. That kid was I dope. Man. They, they need to tell him to sit up or something. Podcast. Not because he was fat, but he needed to sit up straight. He was just all like falling over and shit. I was like, but um. But yeah, uh, for cure fact mm-hmm. news, they brought Mike Michael Dempsey back for uh, for. Um, playing bass for the shadow lols moved back the drums for that one was so that dope. was kind of cool this is a good call yeah. yeah and um yeah i found the cool thing from uh the kid that played robert smith as a little boy there was oh, some yeah. reddit reddit thread did you guys stumble across that by no. any chance no it's is a voice actor apparently he grew up to be a, a voice <laughs> actor and he posted on something, so I'm assuming it sounds pretty legit, but he basically posted on some thread. Um, there are a lot of comments about the three boys in the video, so I'll give you some history. I was the kid playing young Robert Smith. The other two guys also attended the same amateur dramatics class, and we all got sent amateur along dramatics. to... Amateur <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And we all got sent along to audition where there were hundreds of other kids. We got selected because we were not from the mainstream stage school. <laughs> Gotta stay away from the mainstream. These kids are edgy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the original release of the song didn't have a video, and they wanted to put one together so they could put it out on their upcoming compilation video. The background of the of the background was recorded a week or two in advance and sent to us on VHS. Yes, videotapes. Mm-hmm. And we re- we received them the day before we were due to film. So like the shadow part, you know, they shot all that separate. So we didn't get much time to learn all the movements of our shadows. Right. We just had to had to get it as close as possible, which is cool. I always love that they don't match up, you know, or it's yeah. like it's kind of close, but. Um, we could have done a lot better yeah we could have done a lot better given more time 
The instruments we used were much smaller, almost miniature, so that's probably why they couldn't match them correctly to the real <laughs> ones used by Smith and the company. It took a day to shoot, and they used a front projection camera to project the background onto a silver screen behind us and record the composite. Um, at the same time, the care were recording their video a night like this in the other studio next door. Yeah. So we were done and we went and watched them doing theirs. Both videos were directed by Tim Pope. I was 11 or 12 then and I'm 46 now. Still wow. seems like yesterday. And oh, if you're wondering why we weren't hitting the strings in some shots, it's because we were doing it all day and our fingers were absolutely raw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sounds yeah. pretty legit to me. I think that would be like a really weird imposter. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, true. I mean, I always kind of figured that a night like this must have been shot at the same time. And obviously those Andy Villa photos were taken yeah. on the set of that, you know. And, um, That's cool. So yeah, pretty cool. Definitely a great video, I think. Uh, it's it's definitely up there. On the, yeah, it's really... Yeah, it's up there on the top Cure uh, videos. I think it's nice that... It's not, you don't really see them at all. Yeah. yeah. And the imagery of Robert with the red eyes and everything. And we probably weren't much older than those kids at the time. So I remember, like many kids out there, probably being very jealous that those kids right. got to be. <laughs> like, I, I remember, I remember, like, like, kind of getting like, like, God damn, these kids got to do this. And, like, I can play the drums, like yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like I would have been way more on point. And yeah, we're it's all so like, funny hearing kid, like that Reddit thing where the yeah. kid's just like, I didn't hear this shit, and it's like uh, Mark Heatley. Happened. By the way, that was the actor's name, Mark Mark Heatley. So, so not too much more to add to this wonderful tune, but I think it does uh, need to be noted. Even though we talked about the unplugged performance earlier in the year, I think that rendition. It, of MTV Unplugged's Boys Don't Cry, as he said, the definitive version. And uh, I kind of think it was the mm. first time it was ever appropriately played sad, because like we said, too, it's, it is the first sign of happy sad cure where it is a very sad lyrics and could be played as a very depressing song. It's not your uh, standard... Nah, sad. you would think it would just be sad music, sad <laughs> lyrics, but... It's like a little tricky fucking sad. It's like... It's just such a yeah. song. Uh, that's kind of the recipe they went with yeah. for the rest of their career, though, because, you know, just like Heaven and, you know, Pictures of You sound like sweet songs, but they're they're really sad. Right. Like, if you yeah, look at totally. the lyrical context, context, context of it. So yeah, in the, I think that was, like, the first... Yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, the first time that they, like, took that approach and it kind of stuck with them for the rest of their career yeah. so and it was like one of their first fucking songs right. yeah yeah you know what i mean it's like i glad i'm i'm really happy they like hung on to that yeah and going back to that idea of that unplugged one i think that's why it was so cool because the music finally yeah. matched the sadness of somehow they managed by slowing it down and playing it all like very sad acoustic style i feel Made like, it all sad yeah i felt like it just was like whoa okay when you match them both up it's like getting the gatekeeper and the keymaster together or something it was just like <laughs> it's like wow that's sad as hell but um but yeah, I think it, it's pretty golden. The acoustic one on the um, yeah. greatest hits thing doesn't quite do it. No, no, it doesn't. 
Um, I guess another thing we wanted to note was uh, it, its use in film. Um, um, you mentioned the wedding singer earlier. Uh, that was a pretty, yeah. mostly just because he ref- he actually says it right. Isn't that the one where he's like, "Sorry, I've been listening to the Cure a lot" or something after yeah. he plays yeah, his song. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the scene that it's used in is when his uncle comes downstairs and he's in the bed, and you can hear it playing in the background. Right. And, like, his uncle's telling him that he needs to get back out there and that his sister does things with his nipples and stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, a, and then later I'm on, he's singing. I can chill out. <laughs> and then later on, when he's singing that uh, Somebody Kill Me, Please song, yeah. uh, bef- before he did it, he said, I've been listening to The Cure a lot yes. lately. So, yeah. Right on. I had that Nick and Nora movie jotted down, but I don't even remember what. It yeah. was like kind of a sweet movie. I remember not being too crazy about it, but it was somewhere in there. I think they played it, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't even think I saw that movie. Yeah, I was trying a little too yeah, hard at yeah. that point. But um, and then you know the boys don't cry. Hillary Swank movie from 1999, which you know had yeah. the name. Um, I don't even know if they used the actual version of the song in it. I think a cover was used. So probably yeah, like the they credits didn't. Or something. Probably no, one of the weirdest Adam Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, I've seen. with boys don't cry. <laughs> that was a weird one. So that the, they took the um, the name of the song for the movie, and um, they uh, the guy that does the cover is the lead singer of uh, Shudder okay. to Think. Uh, yeah, he did he did a song with one of the other people in the movie. That got played at the Academy Awards, I guess. But okay. uh, yeah, he d- he does a cover of "Boys Don't Cry" in the background of a bar scene that I can't find anywhere. I huh. spent like most of the day yesterday looking for oh, it. No. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you don't have it on vinyl already. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's <yeah>. crazy. <laughs> yeah, but um, record store day. I'm sure they'll put it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to point out with this movie that it being a, when we're recording this, it's Pride Month, um, and this was a very substantial film when it came to how people view trans rights. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and like I know, it, like just looking it up yesterday, I see that it got it's got a ton of blowback over the years, being that Hillary Swank it wasn't a trans woman or man playing this role, um, and but I think that this movie best opened up a lot of eyes especially to myself of like the difference between like like even what a trans person is and like what a you know what a lesbian is you know right. and oh. this is 99 and like the whole time thinking oh this is just a lesbian that wants to get with another girl when it's something else that's going on yeah. and it like it kind of shook you know a lot of people and it, uh, Hillary Swank won an Academy Award for it uh, yeah. so but you know, I, I think it was pretty monumental, and for the cure to be attached to that, I think is really rad and a yeah. testament to their legacy. And uh, I, I get why they use the name of the song, the song title for the name of the movie, yeah, just right. because there's like we talked about before, there's certain things that you expect from a, a like a gender stereotype of what a man is, and yeah. and for her or him try to try to you know it's based off a true story right um for him to want to be part of this world and to love who he wanted to love he had to fake being 
you know, or, or had to lie to everybody. Right. So, and it's a very, it's a very hard movie to watch and, and the concept goes together hand in hand. And it's one of the big reasons why I, that I think that the cure has a, a legacy outside of just making music. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's sure. my two cents on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's- like you said, taking that on in 1999 is a cool realization yeah. in today's society and culture. You know that what I mean? It's like, ago. wow, yeah, Fuck. that was a good yeah. chunk of time, you know? And it was like, damn, that's, that's yeah. quite That was 20 years ago. And just yeah. like thinking about if that movie was made today, it probably would be a bigger a bigger deal and like a bigger, right. um, probably a bigger budget because they made the movie with like uh, $2 million, I think was the budget. And right. yeah. uh, Hillary Swank made $3,000. She made like $75 a day wow. for that movie. Yeah. And like, it would probably make huge news today. <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth noting in this episode yeah, that, yeah. Uh, uh, the connection to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like the Just Like Heaven movie that right. was like yeah, a, was a, a shitty rom-com. <laughs> Where they're like, ah, just thumbing through like <laughs> yeah. pop songs. I'm like, that'll work. <laughs> you know, yeah, just take yeah. a good name or whatever. But uh, <laughs> and, um, I, I think it can't be a Boys Don't Cry podcast without mentioning the pivotal band named Boys Don't Cry that have nothing to do with the cure, but had a breakthrough hit in 1986 with the song oh, Jesus Christ. I Wanna Be a Cowboy. I think we all recognize it. I'll plug in a little clip here just to... Uh, I've got my saddle strange video it's got lemmy from motorhead in it for whatever the fuck reason i don't know if he was buddies with him he got paid in vodka yeah (laughs) i looked it up (laughs) did he know him or did he like at least like was it his buds and they're like well we'll pay you in vodka but from what i understand is that uh the lead singer that looks like a ripoff george michael in the video Mm -hmm. um he was thinking of a spaghetti western, and he thought that the perfect villain for a spaghetti western would be somebody that looked like Lemmy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Just get Lemmy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was their first choice, huh? A, <laughs> we can't do this video. <laughs> yeah, and then they they asked him, and he said, the only way I'll do this is if there's vodka on oh, set. Wow. And so he got his vodka, and he... Uh, if that's all it took to get like a famous musician to just come out and do a fake a shitty yeah jeez <laughs> i did find a quote because people are like well there's got to be a connection right between why would they name their band boys don't cry so it said contrary to popular belief the moniker boys don't cry did not actually come from the cure's song or album of the same name Rather, the name has its origins in some whispered lyrics from the fellow British band 10CC's hit song, I'm Not In Love. 10CC. My dad used to listen. I used uh, to listen to a lot of 10CC. Uh, Do you know that song? I don't know what it is. No, I don't know the song. And then it's not even like direct. They said specifically in the song, it's whispered, be quiet, 
because big boys don't cry. So it's like, oh, oh that sounds <laughs> okay. So oh, Jesus, but that how sounds very homoerotic. Yeah, so it says, what a fun song. Yeah, I I don't believe their uh, their answer if they name the band after the Cure. Yeah, so that's just my opinion. And it said, uh, however, the band, the band. Were evidently completely aware and perhaps amused by the confusion surrounding their name, and they even included an instrumental bonus track titled "The Cure" on their second album yes, as did. a joke. So they have a, it's, it's all 10 CC. No, this is uh the no. boys don't cry the band. <laughs> the boys don't cry band. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I started to think like cowboy. 10 CC sounds dope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, right. that's, how I ended, that's how I ended up with that, with that uh, single LP, yeah. is because I thought it was a Cure one that they didn't have, yeah, which like, oh, is fucking bullshit. this has a different cover and everything. Yeah. Weird that cowboy reference, to, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that well, happened to me one other time when I, there was this band that I really liked called Hot Water Music, uh-huh. and yes. there, was, there was a band, uh, they had to change their name at one point to the Hot Water Music Band, mm-hmm. but uh, there, mm-hmm. was a, there was another band called Hot Water that put out an album around the same time that they were out, and I just bought the album thinking it was a new Hot Water Music album, yeah. and turned out turned out not to be. Uh, so yeah, yeah I was not happy. Ta- um, digitally, I've had that problem. Yeah, digitally like, a lot. Smudge, yeah. I bought like some single as just some metal band, and I'm like, God damn it, you know? We're yeah. down- downloading off a of LimeWire and just giving your computer a ton of viruses. Yeah, exactly. You don't even get the right <laughs> yeah, song. Totally. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell is this? Fuck LimeWire, man. I <laughs> yeah, used it once and it worst. like fucking ruined my computer. It ruined everybody's like, computer. Fuck Soul Seek for life. Yeah, yeah, that was the worst. Soul Seek for life. Yeah. The coronavirus. Yeah, this is the coronavirus <laughs> of computer hardware. Where <laughs> <laughs> back then. <laughs> like, oh shit, I can download St. Anger and listen to it. And it's like, well, my computer's not yeah. working anymore. <laughs> That'd be great if it came out that that was just put out by like the music industry to like destroy everybody. It was just yeah. like this oh, whole that's, Yo, that's a oh. good fucking conspiracy theory, man. That'd be funny, but I don't doubt it. It's like fuck them. Oh, <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things where it was all like, "Is it worth the risk?" I was like, ah, "Shit, shit, I'm gonna do it." And I'd click it. I'm like, "Oh no, damn it!" You- Yo, you're gonna pay for the record. You're yeah. gonna pay with like a broken computer. Yeah, it's like you're not playing the game. Well, since we love to end on high notes, <laughs> Re- really um, quick, can we uh-huh. can we can we talk about how horrible that song is and how horrible the music video is? Oh yeah, yeah. That's, oh my, uh, it's so, so bad. It's uh... that was a huge hit. Yeah, that was going to be my final punchline, actually, was that it reached number 12 in the U.S., as we've talked about how it took two tries for the Cures Boys Don't Cry to do anything, and it never charted in the U.S., <laughs> but this fucking song, by Boys Don't Cry, I Want to Be a Cowboy, number 12 hit, <laughs> so there like just I, further I proves no justice in this world. Yeah, like I was reading up on it, and they were trying to like do like some deadpan humor or whatnot, but that song is like... Like, it serves no purpose, and there's, like, yeah. no... Like, it's not good musically. The lyrics are fucking not funny at all. And yeah. there's some overt racism in the in the video. Uh, uh, yeah, where they, they have this uh, Native American dancing around a fire, 
and the guy, one of the guys in the band is dancing behind him, but like kind of mocking him, mm-hmm. dancing around him. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> hey, look, I'm a crazy idiot. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I. I yeah, the dude just. Get it? Like a cowboy like, <laughs> dancing on a Native American? Yeah. If you were a real cowboy, you would be doing a lot worse things with him. True. <laughs> so, yeah, so, it's just real that, bad, and they. That's silly, man. Now, they hit, they seem like, yeah, that would always, there'd be songs. Like, I guess it's in the category of, like, Right Said Fred or some shit. You know, I guess just so. like these weird one off kind of dance things that people laughed at for a minute and then move on from, you know? It's just like. I, would, I was going to put this song, uh, and I know you love this song, but the safety dance. Oh, like, yeah. But it's got that kind of feel to it, but, like. I didn't like. I actually like the safety dance song. Like I can sing along to it at work yeah. and everything. This song, I like. I just want to burn it. Like it doesn't yeah. serve any purpose whatsoever. It's just so. gimmick through and through. You know and the yeah. fact that they're like one hit wonders and their one hit <laughs> was a gimmick song. You know, it's just like oh jeez. Yeah. You know? there, well, I I there is something. To, there's something to say about being British and having these colonial colonialism uh, roots. Set yeah, in where you, you just you just want to go be a cowboy and try to take over the West. <laughs> totally. huh. So on that note, I think we'll uh, wrap this up. I think uh, there's not too much more to say. It's a classic tune, and uh, I'm glad that it's been there from the start for the cure. Any uh, final new thoughts on if it's a defining or representative, most representative song of the cure? Or, it means everything to me. That's, yeah. It's. It's the most like sweetest fucking song, like of of the Cures. Like it's just a sweetheart, and it makes me feel good. Yeah, and I like to listen to it when I'm down. <laughs> and it takes like it's like two minutes or some shit. It's like really fucking short. <laughs> Not a real commitment. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 literally like if I were a dog, and I had to take a pill. And someone had to shove it down my throat and like shake my muzzle, uh-huh. and just like take the pill. A two-minute boys don't cry. It's the pill that I would be like, all right. I'll take it. <laughs> so it's a pill that's easy to swallow. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. it's just sweet. What? What is it? Why is the dog taking the pill? Because wow. just. <laughs> <laughs> like why is he taking a boys don't cry pill like i don't what's because dogs don't cry man <laughs> exactly they nailed it nailed it Donald. <laughs> Alright, big thank you to Donald and Chaz for hashing out this classic tune with me. And thank you so much out there for listening. We hope you enjoyed this and we hope you're staying safe out there. We will wrap up with the usual. Hope you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And also on that YouTube page where you can find all 
141 episodes of the Holy Hour podcast. Um, I'll casually still dropping the old forgotten ones back into the uh, feed, so they'll get there eventually. But uh, if you can't wait, go to YouTube. You'll find them all on there. And uh, also follow us on the uh, Facebook page where you'll get supplementary materials for every episode. And you can comment on the threads and you can drop me messages. Um, you can do the same just by uh, sending me an email at gavinconnor at gmail.com. I'd love to hear any ideas you have for upcoming episodes, thoughts on past episodes, or just random cure jibber-jabber. I'm, I'm all ears. I'd love to hear from you. So uh, anytime, feel free to drop me a line on any of those or on Instagram. The Holy Hour Podcast is on Instagram. That's mostly where our news will be um, delivered of upcoming episodes or ones that we're looking for contributions on too so keep your eyes peeled and you should also follow chaz's instagram of 17 underscore seconds where you'll see the latest in his wonderfully designed care shirts and just um amazing cool cure photos as he's been documenting his collection of uh records cassettes dvds the whole works i think he's uh on the cds now so go see what's going on over there and uh you can even drop donald a line he's uh the number four so four rd666 so go go terrorize donald on instagram too and uh until then hope everybody's doing good and uh we got a great new next episode for you go throw on any version of boys don't cry and enjoy the brilliance of this song. Talk hard. Talk hard.